backstory to Zayesh is probably longer than Zayesh itself. <laughs> so, so that is a good question. I may look sane, but am I really sane? Most of the homegrown brands and businesses, when it starts, it starts off with so much love. Even now, when I look back at like the first two, three sessions, I'm just like, what was I doing? <laughs> See, chaos. <laughs> Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are all doing well. So today's guest is an entrepreneur who has seen her share of ups and downs and she is going to be sharing her journey with us today. So I am really happy to introduce you guys to her. So let's go and meet her. Hi, Tasneem. Hi. Hi How Kenny. are you? Very good. How are you? Good. Finally, we have managed to, I think, come together and get this done. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time we met and we spoke about this, we spent, I think, four hours discussing yeah. what we are going to talk about. But I think we spent that time talking about the whole world. Yes. <laughs> and the podcast was the last thing we talked about. Yeah. And so that's I, when I knew the podcast was going to be very interesting. <laughs> I know. And you being, I thought I was talkative, but <laughs> then now I figured that you're going to be the one talking for the most of this. So I'm happy that you decided to come on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me. So to start off, actually, I was excited. I told you the first time when I met you, I was so excited about Zaish being part of your creation. So maybe we start about a little bit of how did this all come together? How did you manage to put all of this together? Okay. um, I always start this by telling everyone it's a COVID baby. And I've, I've already told you this before, yes. but um, it, it, it was a point where I couldn't bake banana bread anymore. And I've used, overused <laughs> yeah. this joke at this point, but it's the truth. Yeah. Like that's all that we were doing. Yeah. And I really had to do something more consequential. So I was like, let's think about what we can do um, that is fun, that has impact, that has income. Um, but again, I didn't realize what impact I wanted to have uh, because you know, at that point, we were all just so like surrounded by COVID, yeah. right? So once I started realizing that, wow, people that are under the poverty line um, are really struggling during COVID, that's when the first part of it hit me when I was like, how about artisans? There are a lot of artisans yeah. that create our clothing. We don't know where it comes from. Yeah. So that is one place uh, that I should target. And the second place was the artists because um, I thought of handcrafted from artisans. And then I realized that maybe, um, you know, in general, the UAE market is expensive for budding artists to come in. Um, So that's when I realized that, you know what, artists and artisans. So everything is handcrafted. Let's start with that. So that's kind of how it That's amazing, actually, because there is so little right now that is going on in the world of, you know, clothing and branding wherein artisans or, you know, people behind all of this is getting credit or getting value. But when people like you get into this kind of, you know, uh, frame of work where you are giving the artisans priority and, you know, the front to everything, which is, first of all, like something I'm very happy about that you are doing. Yeah, thank you. And also something that I wanted to know, Zaish, the name, how did this happen? What's the backstory to this? The backstory to Zaish is probably longer than Zaish itself. (laughs) So we had um, a bunch of friends went out for dinner. We still didn't have a name. I actually already had the first lot in production. So imagine the product was ready. Almost, yeah, the name wasn't there yet. And I was like, oh my God, this name is going to kill me. 
we went out for dinner. And you know how random things just hit you once you've been thinking about them for so long. Uh, so that's how the name kind of came about. So um, driving back home, one of my friends asked me, I was like, I'm going to throw you out of the car. Like, I've been killing myself over the name. Don't ask me. And then we're like, okay, let's think of words that are of significance and let's start, start translating them into exotic languages. Something that, of course, we wanted to make sure can go global in the future. So it's easy. Uh, there's this thing called the radio test where if someone hears it, they should be able to uh, type it out. So, so an easy name. So something that is catchy, um, something that is seems very mm. clean and neat, yeah. you know? So all yeah. of these things were factors that we were thinking of. Um, and then I was like, you know, but it's like the birth of, of freedom for artists. Is that what I'm trying to do with the brand? And then that's when they were like, why don't you search for freedom or for birth? And I'm like, sure. And then I started translating. And we searched for birth in uh, Persian, in Farsi. Wow. And it was uh, Zayish. And it just instantly clicked for everyone. Uh, the backup name we were thinking of was Hurriya, which means freedom in wow. Arabic. Uh, but again, the radio test it didn't yeah. pass because it's a double R, yeah. single R. So we just went with Zayish then, neat, clean, simple. Yeah, that's a beautiful name, I think, wherein, you know, it's got so much meaning behind it. Like, I honestly didn't Google the name because I wanted to know the story from you yeah. or else I would know a lot of things before I already hear it from you. So this story now coming back to, you know, how this name was created, I think is brilliant. Thank you. And one thing I've also been thinking about since I have spoken to you the first day, mm -hmm. You have this entrepreneurship kind of being natural to you. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem that, you know, this was something that uh, suddenly happened. It feels like this is being part of you for a long time, but you didn't have an outlet to this. And suddenly you have figured that, you know, you can go all out yeah. and do so many things. So how are you trying to direct this, you know, point of, you know, uh, you are now, what directions that you are giving yourself that you want to go with either it's Zaish or the other things that you are doing, which I know you do a lot of uh, speaking in public, wherein, you know, you are giving uh, the younger or the newer entrepreneurs some kind of a light to how to go about things. So how are you all coping with this and what's the secret that is keeping you still Sane. <laughs> so that is a good question. I may look sane, but am I really sane? <laughs> well, uh, I would say there's actually a lot, like you said. Um, yes, unnatural, but I would say that starts from childhood. Um, so I would really want to thank my parents for that because uh, I was a very shy kid. I was probably until I was like six, seven, I was very shy. I didn't talk to people. If they asked me questions, I was just like, mm, you know, I would just mumble. <laughs> I wouldn't really speak. And um, I clearly remember when we went for a Christmas uh, event to Wafi um, back in the day. And um, uh, they had um, a game, um, musical statues. Okay. Dancing statues. Okay. So we were playing dancing statues and my mom, I, I saw all the other kids playing and winning. And then there was this Winnie the Pooh bag. And I was like, I love that bag. I want it. And my mom's like, go play. And I was like, no, but like everyone's watching. It's on stage. She's like, well, you either play or you don't get it. It's up to you, you know. And then I was like, I want the bag. So that was my motivation. So I went on stage. I forgot that the crowd exists. I played. I won. Wow. And in my head, I was like, I'm happy to come second or third. But my mom's like, but if you can come first, why do you want to try to come yeah. second or third? Aim for it. And I was like, yeah. And I, I went on stage, um, played, won, and I was ecstatic. And after that, every party, I was like, I want myself a bag. 
because I had the confidence to do so. So, you know, that's how it started. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, it builds from a very young age. Um, and it's built in you from a very young age. Uh, and then I just grew up by, you know, speaking more and more. And yeah, I guess that's how I got used to it. Then I started doing a lot of speaking for nutrition. Uh, that's how it started. So it was just a lifestyle that I enjoyed. Uh, and friends asked me to, you know, talk. And then they said that, oh, there's like a, a breakfast morning happening. Do you mind speaking to a slightly larger group? So that's how it started till it got to the point where I was speaking to hundreds of people at a time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started. That helped me to pitch Zayesh as well. Uh, so I just pitched and I pitched and I pitched. And that's what I always tell people that keep pitching until you perfect it. Yeah. There's no other way. You're going to have to mess up your pitch a few times before you actually yeah. pitch it crisp. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where we are at right now. Yeah. Yeah. So you touched a little bit on nutrition. I remember that we talked about this uh, the first time we met also how you did some bit of talk shows in uh, the food bit and in the ZTV, if I'm correct. Yes. So how did all of this like little things start and stop and like it's exciting to know how are you like, you know, falling into these situations and how are you finding ways to do all of these things? Yeah, I, um, I, I never stick with a plan. So I have one, but I let kind of life also guide me. I'm not like stuck to what I want, but I'm also not clueless. Like I oh. like to have a vague, you know, frame where I'm walking and then everything else after that is more of, um, okay, life is guiding me. This seems to be the right place I'm headed towards. Let's do this more. So that's kind of like how everything happened for me. Uh, so even the nutrition thing happened. While I was doing the nutrition thing, um, I got contacted by someone who knew the ZTV team. Okay. And they were like, oh, we know you do nutrition something. And, you know, would you like to actually do episodes like cooking shows? Uh, on ZTV and I was like yes of course you know and uh, my parents were like yeah this is a great opportunity go for it I started I, I did three or three even now when I look back at like the first two three sessions I'm just like what was I doing because then <laughs> afterwards I did 33 uh, complete wow, 33 so yeah. an entire season so towards the end of it I was just so much more flawless at, at the whole you know this yeah, yeah. <laughs> um which originally I wasn't. So uh, yeah, again, it just takes practice. So I got myself in that situation because someone recommended it and I was just like, yes. So any opportunity that came by, I didn't, I wasn't like, should I, should I not? I, I didn't waste time thinking, I was decisive. And this is one of my pet peeves, indecisiveness. It really bothers me. Like you either do it or you don't do it. Take a decision, move on, keep moving. That's that's the, that's the key. Because True. if you don't move, you've done something, True. you're just sitting there. Uh, you know, life is passing by, uh, people are passing by, time, everything, opportunities. Very true. And you're just there. So I was like, no, I, I, gotta, I gotta move. I, I took the opportunity. I remember after like maybe five or six episodes, a lot of people started asking me, are you getting paid for this? And I was like, no. So partially I liked the fact that I learned um, to stand up and go like, okay, now I need to get, start getting paid. Mm -hmm. And now I need to value my own time. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, I was also happy to go through this experience because I was able to, to learn a lot more from it. So to say that these 33 episodes on national television, yeah, big thing, to be able to actually face cameras now, yeah. you know, all of these things, it, it really taught me. So I, I'm glad that I did that. I think it's experiences that teach us so many things. We just need to uh, 
do one at a time to realize that you know what we are good at what we are not and we get better as we go yeah yeah also one thing i've noticed is uh, the two stories you just mentioned about you know the first one where your mom said you need to go and try and then also the part of the, the whole uh, cooking bit is also your parents have been supportive so do you think that's very important for a person especially uh the girls wherein you know not everyone has this kind of a freedom where you know they are given this opportunity to say go and do it at the first time there is a lot of hurdles normally people having to deal with to you know get permissions or having to uh, explain to the fathers or the whoever there is yeah but do you think that's stopping a lot of people from achieving their uh, goals or objectives if they don't have a supportive family behind them Oh uh, yes but i don't think that is a reason i would say that's an excuse because for me it's yes my parents have been supportive but there have been a lot of times where they've been like no they've held me back from a lot of things for example i wanted to go to my masters in the uk so as much as my parents saw that it is a good thing for me to do uh I, I they were they were not convinced you know they were just like well you know it's going to be all the way you're the only child uh being a girl like you said in our culture specifically uh so yeah there were a lot of hurdles there but in my head I was like I want to go I want to go I'm going to make it happen and then I thought of how yeah. so I then I saw that okay my parents um want to see that responsibility they want to see that I'm being safe I'm coming home early I'm not being out too late you know things like yeah. that and i started doing those things so every time i wanted something in my head i was like that's it this is my goal how do i achieve it now the path changes and i think it's bruce lee who said i think it's bruce lee uh who said that be water so it doesn't matter you flow around your obstacles you flow over it you flow under it but you get to where you have to go and that's kind of what i decided to do so i was just like okay i, I want to go to the uk how are we going to make it happen let's find a way my parents want me home earlier i'm going to do that so it took an entire year wow of convincing a year yeah. of of approving to them with everything i did uh, there were times when they told me you can't go out with your friends and inside i was just like oh my god like it's so embarrassing canceling last minute but i was like okay fine no problem i'd call them sorry i can't come you know i did what it took i i i took the falls if i had to you know until where they were really happy and they were not just happy they were confident they were they were at peace with me going so that was one thing uh when zaish started actually um i had so much resistance <laughs> because i did so many things at that point I did a, a marketing internship with Mitsubishi Electrics. I did some work with my dad in his company which was completely unrelated so he does electromechanicals not technical like I'm not technical wow. at all. Uh I I did bake sales. I uh made dresses. I did everything on the planet. I painted mugs and I sold them. <laughs> I did literally everything. Wow. And then I did the uh, nutrition thing. So because I did so many things they kept like you earlier mentioned that you learn what you want to do and what you don't want to do and I think that's more important. Yeah. So I started learning that which then get building upon each other until Zaish happened. By then I knew for a fact that this is what I want to do. Uh but then my parents were like this is yet another thing she wants to do now, you know. So in their head it was kind of like oh my mm. god, one more thing. She yeah. uh, one another jump. Yeah. Um and I think that's the reason why they were not I wouldn't say they were not confident in me, but they were not confident in the idea. They weren't confident in the the fact that oh she's going to do this successfully, you know. So after a while I said um okay, I'm just going to do it myself. 
um, you know, saved up a lot of money uh, and started. And today my parents are like, wow, like, you know, now the pride I see in them is so much more because they know that I started Zaish out of nothing, out of literally just me saving 10, 10 dirhams from what I could and, and just doing what I had to do. Um, I had friends to help me out. I did whatever I had to, but I made it happen until, uh, you know, Khalish Times recognized us until I was on air and the, the yeah. network for the radio, you know, all of that. Uh, so, yeah, I think you have your vision. You see it. Others don't. Yeah. So you just got to push until you can physically create something to show that vision to them. And I think that's that's what happened. So uh, being a girl, being uh, being desi, you know, yeah. being whatever, yeah. none of that matters yeah. if you want to make it happen. It's, you put it perfectly that, you know, unless you prove yourself, saying, you know, no, I am good enough to do it and I'll do it within, you know, certain boundaries wherein a trust is built. Yeah. Once they know, okay, yeah. you know, he or she is now aware of her surroundings and she's matured enough to do it. And I think that's when we get this, uh, it's like a kite, you hold on to the kite and then once you realize, oh, now there is uh, a will to go and you start yeah. letting it go. Maybe that's an amazing way you put it to say that, you know, an excuse needs to be not given because of this. From the time I've met you and I've always seen you being positive, you're happy, you're smiling, I think 99.9% .9 of the time. But what is Tasneem's hibernation or downtime look like? Okay, that's a very good question. Uh, my downtime is every single day. Uh, every single day, I will do what it takes to not get burnt out, to not allow myself to get to that stage. Uh, and that will be something simple. Light a candle, uh, my favorite scent, uh, have a cup of tea, uh, you know, just put the lights out in the room, you have your candle, you have your cup of tea, you're just sipping it, doing nothing, you know, just blanking your mind out. Uh, so that really helps. But um, if you're talking about when it builds up, because we're humans, it yeah. always builds up. So when it builds up to the point where I'm actually just like, I can't do this anymore. Number one, I never say that to myself. I don't say I can't do this anymore because your thoughts are, are your words, your words are energy, and that gets back into the loop of action. So if I'm saying something, I'm kind of cementing it in my head somewhere, mm. and then that will somehow show in my actions. So I, I, I have a random thing that just came to my mind is that uh, there was this one girl, I think she was what, 16, 17, if I remember right, and this was in the US. Okay. And her dad was fixing the car, and the jack broke, or it faltered, and he got trapped under the car. Uh, and she's a mere 16 years old and she lifted the entire car enough to have her dad let loose wow. so he could slide under. Imagine that, like a 16 year old girl, how much possible wow. strength could she have? Yeah. But when you have something, you want it bad enough, it yeah. will happen. Yeah. Uh, and I know this sounds cliche, everyone says this, but it is the truth. No, it's true. It is the truth. True. So that's when I, I kind of, you know, these little things always stick with me and I, I don't allow myself to uh, say I will not do it, I cannot do it. I, I just don't say that to begin with. Uh, besides that, mostly I, because I regulate myself usually, so I don't get to that point, which I think is more important because unfortunately these days um, it's become very common, it's become very in fashion to be stressed out. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh my God. I'm, I'm so burnt sorry. out. Yes. I work too much. And that's become like a proud tagline. People wear saying, you know, you know, I'm burnt out. Yeah. I work too but 
I can't understand yeah. how is that a proud thing. Yes. Like you said, you have your ways to deal with it. Yeah. So sorry, I stopped you. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so so like you were saying, it's become a tagline yeah. for people. So something that they show off with. Yeah. And I read somewhere that if you have um, your, if if you are burnt out, it means you're not regulating yourself well. So it's not something to show off. It's to realize that. you're faltering somewhere you're not balancing yourself you're something somewhere is missing because of which you are getting burnt out you are getting stressed out um so yes i would like to be a very well balanced very well regulated individual and i strive towards that uh now there are moments when i have excessive work happening like there are events upon events and then there's other things happening and i'm like in six places at the same time I have my moments, and those moments typically come out in the middle of two events. So I still remember a few months ago, I was running from uh, one event to the other event, and this was World Art. So we were invited to uh, have a, uh, a panel discussion at World Art, and then from there I had to jump to this other place called Art Fusion, which okay. was like a fun art. Um, interactive sort of networking event like a fun party or networking okay. sort of situation so we were presenting at both places uh so going from like a panel discussion to running into like a fashion show that i had to do and like a pitch that i had to do at art fusion all of that i had had enough i just i really was, i was so done i got in the car after i dropped the stuff off for the fashion show i was driving to the panel session I just cried in the car because I, I wasn't sad. I wasn't upset. I was frustrated. I was tired. I was holding it in for too long, you know. So I was too busy to regulate in those days. I just cried it out, and then my creative designer calls me. I'm like, I'm on the phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> What do you want? And he's like, are you okay? I'm like, no. He's like, I don't give a shit. Get your act together. We need to present. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay okay i i got this you know and so yeah I, i guess that also brings me to the point where you have to surround yourself by like-minded people yeah so if at that moment i had someone go like oh my god are you okay maybe you should just yeah. take a break yeah. you know just don't go no i needed people to go like okay uh you you cried you want a minute i'll call you back after you're done you yeah. know let's get moving yeah. uh so i think that's also very important having people around you to support you to take care of you i think that is key for a entrepreneur to grow in his or her best way yeah. that's because or else you just overwork you yeah. burn down and then finally you decide that this is not for me and while we are talking about taking care of yourself like i have every time when i whenever i talk to you you're either not having lunch or yeah. you're not sleeping or you have stayed up like till 3 yeah. and then you're waking up at 5 in the morning and doing something else does this affect you in any way apart from physically you know yeah. does it somehow like uh, give you a time off period that you would have taken care of yourself better maybe to like you know uh, last longer towards the busy seasons because i understand all of us we tend to always want to do more Yes. But do you think doing more sometimes is a bad thing or is it a good thing or is it a way to 
because you already touched upon that you know there is ways to manage this but yes. my concern is like does that get to a point where you feel that you know uh, maybe this is not the right way to do it or do you need a change of direction yeah uh, i actually think that there is a point where you can start becoming counterproductive uh, and i think you need to know that point it's different for everyone uh, you need to know where that point is you need to stop there take a break and number one allow yourself to not just get to that point but yeah. if for any reason you are there you need to take a break you need to realize that everything comes back to productivity so are you being optimum are you are you being as productive as you can be because if that it's everything is like a graph you know you yeah. you go up uh, you're less productive until you find the perfect point and then you start falling as well yeah. so when you're at the peak is when you end things instead yeah. of waiting for the downfall um so yeah i think I, i would say that there is and people need to recognize what it is for them yeah because it differs for each one yeah. of us yeah true yeah. true 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 yeah and and do things you like uh, that will help to reset like i love uh, spending time with horses i love nature yeah. um sports so you know all of these things like i would do all of these things to make sure that i stay uh regulated but if it ever does go through the roof i'll do the same thing but then um a little more a little more yeah. intense instead of spending 20 minutes with my horses i'll spend 2 hours with them you yeah. know things like makes that makes sense yeah. yeah also i think a uh, interesting thing for entrepreneurs that want to be somebody you know people have this thing that everyone wants to be an entrepreneur but they don't know how or they don't know what is the risks involved in things like that people always look up to entrepreneurs being like you know they are all sorted they know what they're doing but that's not the story always there's always a starting point yeah. so from you i think it would be nice to come because you are an entrepreneur who started from ground zero and your way up mm. like you know so the finances part of things like i'm sure they would be interested to know the listeners about you know what's the time frame that you gave yourself because you said you were collecting little bits and little bits and doing things so how did you give your time that you know it's going to take me a year or two years or you know uh, whether in between you would were trying to get sponsors or something of that sort so how were this happening in the background while you were building a brand yourself i think it started very differently from where we are right now so if i'm working now there's a lot more structure because yeah. i've been doing this for a while yeah. so now i know if i need sponsorships for an event or for whatever yeah. i know that i need to start x months in advance i know the cycle that other companies follow yeah. um yeah, and and then based on their uh schedules and commitments and calendars that they start setting out in advance i work yeah. but if we rewind back to the beginning on how i was saving everything that i could yeah uh i didn't really have like a time frame in mind but i knew that i want this to happen asap because i knew this is a great idea and i know that ideas don't wait around for you you yeah. have to make it happen before someone else gets that yeah. same idea um and that's when i thought that you know what let's do this and and at the end of the day i was so passionate about it and i think that also ties back to burnout because if you are passionate about it you are not going to get burnt out yeah. and uh, okay it's it's a lie not going to get burnt out but you won't get burnt out as quickly or as badly uh so yeah so initially i just saved whatever i could because i knew that i wanted to start this asap and since it was covid i was in a way lucky because i knew that i have time the whole yeah. world is shut yeah i have this opportunity if i miss this 
uh, you know, the world's gonna restart, I need to start with it. Yeah. And that's the reason why I started in, I launched in May 2021, which was very soon after the lockdown lifted. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, during the lockdown, I was just doing whatever I could to, to save it up, to think of ways to optimize really, and just leverage on everything. So sometimes it doesn't take just money. It yeah. takes leveraging. It yeah. takes using one card here, the same one on the other side, and then you know you do this until you're playing chess, and then things are happening for you. Yeah. So that is what entrepreneurship is like. And like you said, it is true. It looks very glamorous and all of that, but oh my god, the back end is the most chaotic ever, ever. It's the most chaotic <laughs> thing that could ever happen to a person. Uh, but it's just how you manage your chaos, really, because there's some sort of structure, there's some sort of beauty in that chaos, and for people that can see it. Uh, entrepreneurship is your journey. So that's very important. But you nicely said that it's not just, you know, uh, about finances. It's also leveraging your finances very smartly that what needs uh, more attention when and what point of your journey. And for Tasni, what is her non-working days looking like? Even though I'm sure seven days of the week is your working days, but I'm, there should be one day or one week or some point in a year where you know you are actually completely not working so what do you do at that point that typically i mean there are two ways in which that happens for me one is when i'm like that's it i'm taking a break today i'm doing nothing okay and when i say i'm doing nothing i mean i'm doing nothing okay. i am in my pjs until four in the more in the in the afternoon uh i am sitting on my couch watching harry potter for the millionth time <laughs> i am uh Sipping hot chocolate cause Harry Potter hot chocolate, obviously. <laughs> and you know, that's, that's just what I do. Like I do whatever my heart wants, really, whatever it is. If I feel like going to the beach, I'll go sit there. If I want to go to the mall and I feel like being in more chaos, I will go to the mall. Okay. Uh, if I want to chill with people, I will do that. If I want to be alone and people call me, I'll be like, I'm sorry, no. And saying no is a huge part of entrepreneurship as well. That is, I think, yeah. uh, top three, always top three, because yeah. you can't be saying yes to everything. Yeah. Uh, for many reasons. I think that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, um, I forgot the question. What do you do for... Uh... <laughs> See, chaos! <laughs> so, Tasnim doing... Downtime. Downtime, like yes. nothing. Like for me, because I know you work yeah. all times of the day. Like, But I think it would be interesting to know that, uh, like you said, that you do what you feel at that moment, like going to the mall or watching a movie or sipping on hot chocolate. But at least uh, that's what you prefer to do within that time. Yes, anything, anything my heart feels like. Yeah, that, that's one side of it. Yeah. The second side of it is when I just... Uh, it, it, that's more of the side where if I've saved up enough or if my parents want to lend yeah, me some money, I yeah. go for a trip and then okay. I do nothing. Again, that is just okay. meeting new people, eating yeah. new foods, uh, you know, uh, just uh, taking in everything new. And that also brings me to the fact that change, like yeah. I know everyone's heard this, that change is the only constant in life. And I think that is the most important thing. Uh, change happens all the time and you cannot defy it, you cannot deny it, you have to just accept it and you have to move on. And in fact, it has to come to the point where you start enjoying change. And that is kind of like where I am right now, where I've been for a while now that I need change. The more yeah. change, the better. It may sound absolutely ridiculous, but sometimes I actually like driving back to my house from a different route. Mm. You know, just because, little things. Yeah, little things, because I cannot do the same thing again and again repeatedly. Um, and that kind of mindset also applies to entrepreneurship because 
you constantly need to pivot. If you're not yeah. being able to pivot, if you're stuck with your idea, if you are, uh, you know, set in your head with what you want and how you want it, uh, it's not going to happen. That works maybe in multinationals, you know, but it will not work if you are a startup, if you are an entrepreneur. You need to be able to pivot. You need to be able to provide what the market needs at that moment. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So talking about that now, coming back to Zaish. Mm -hmm. So uh, you guys have been in the Middle East prominently at the time being, right? Yes, yes. So do you think you are at a point that you want to start exploring other regions and getting into different countries? And if that is, do you have any preferences or a favorite region you want to get into as of now? I am at the moment 100% in uh, the Middle East, uh, in predominantly in the UAE um, because initially I did think I want to do this here and here and here yeah. but yes you can do that but you need to take it slowly you need yeah. to not necessarily slowly but you need to take it a step at a time because it's very easy to kind of lose focus to lose uh, quality you know yeah. and that is one thing that I don't want so I want to make sure that there is heart in everything I do and I'm perfecting it before I move on when I say perfecting again it doesn't mean it's accurate accurate but you're doing the best yeah you have accomplished you have become a leader in that zone before you move to the next and that is what we are uh, trying to work towards right now so uh right now we are here i have had a lot of inquiries coming in from india recently that is a bit of a tricky market for us because again everything is handcrafted yeah uh so there are and it's sustainable so obviously the prices are slightly higher yeah. than fast fashion yeah uh, so it is a bit of a struggle yeah. uh, with the Indian uh, price point yes. that we're trying to work yeah. with. But when we talk about um, another region, I would definitely say I would like to look into the UK. Yeah. Uh, and that's because we already have kind of started working on that front. So we have two programs that we've um, applied for, we've got accepted into. Nice. One of them is number one in Wales, uh, number four in all of UK. Uh, the other one is my university um, uh, incubator program. So we've gotten, Zaish has gotten itself into both of these. Uh, and I think that's a good place to go because people recognize the value of sustainable and handcrafted uh, in that part, that part of the world. And yeah, I think that that, that would be a good place uh, to, to go next. That sounds yeah. really nice. Yeah. Like I think uh, it's when you see a homegrown brand yeah. which is growing and it's moving to places where, you know, uh, sustainability is a part of, uh, their culture. I think that is the next step for most of you know uh, us, wherein we have to be a little bit aware mm -hmm. of what we are wearing and where is it coming from and things like that. Because if we don't support uh, the system around us, slowly there's going to be a time where all of these hands that used to handcraft things are going to start dying yes. around us. Yes. So when since you are doing this and you put in so much love behind all of this. You know, uh, the artisans that are doing this for you, do you often meet these people or do you know them in person? And a little bit of the thing that goes behind this would be nice to know because, yeah. you know, that's always a story that uh, adds so much value when it comes from a homegrown brand. Yeah. Uh, yes, actually, I make sure. So this was the first thing that I realized that I need to do is be in direct contact with these people uh, because the first lot that I ordered, um, one one part of it, so we've worked with different countries. We worked with uh, India and at the moment it's India, Pakistan and Turkey. But we have also tried sourcing from uh, Jordan and Egypt and you know these different countries which are good for 
uh, denim and and just for handcrafting and you know uh, materials yeah so um i kind of realized the first lot that came from india i realized that it was not handmade and he had charged us for handmade wow. so obviously where is that money going we didn't know this person directly yeah. it was just me kind of getting in touch with someone you know and going like oh this is what i want he's like yeah of course i can do it and clearly it was not you know and he was adamant he was like it is handmade of course it is i was like buddy i i can look at it it's mm. in front of me the product is yeah. here now i can see it and he's like well you know what it's actually i was just trying to show you what we can do uh, a but test. A, yeah a test it's a sample of what mm. we can do but uh, you know it's it's not uh, uh, i mean i can always produce handmade so i was like so oh. you charged me for handmade where did that money go you know uh, so yeah so i realized very quickly that this is the problem there is a middleman yeah. always yeah. and that is where people are not being able to access the yeah. direct hands so i need to be directly connected to yeah. them uh so yes i actually do meet these artisans uh i go and you know speak to them on a personal level uh what are your requirements right now of course we're paying you fair wages but besides that is there something else so like recently there was diwali so we took gifts for them for diwali wow. uh you know similarly for christmas we'd be doing something so we want to truly create a society which is self sufficient at the moment majority of those people are women um and uh, that brings me to um COP28 that's happening uh, yeah. now in a, in yeah. very soon a few yeah. days actually and um for COP28 someone has been invited as a speaker nice. congratulations so, thank you so i will be speaking under the ministry of education uh, uae um Amazing. thank you and that is for how um people under the poverty line specifically women have an impact on the environment uh and that is under the the pretext of stem so that is you know the stem um uh, subjects yeah. uh but then i'm the steam subjects because then art which is yeah. my forte i will be speaking about so it's it's huge you don't realize that it's not just the social aspect of women their children yeah. uh, the impact they have but it's also uh, an environmental impact yeah. because like these women um are uh, cooking on a daily basis yeah. they are um using sanitary products yeah. on a daily basis you know things yeah. like that yeah. what is happening to that yeah where is that going yeah. you know uh, so all of that also makes a difference and masses of these people uh, like out of the population that's majority of the population uh, so specifically like in india you know so they majority are people that live in villages majority yeah. are people that are under the poverty line so if we're able to somehow make that a more clean ecosystem when i say clean not just physically yeah. clean but even clean from a financial perspective independence yeah. um education you yeah. know all of these things yeah. um it can make a huge difference yeah. just because of the sheer numbers so that is what we're looking at that's just amazing because you know uh everything gets lost somewhere in between uh most of the homegrown brands and businesses when it starts it starts off with so much love and so much attention but somewhere in between uh, things maybe get out of a little bit of hand where it starts growing but then it's so good to know that you're still hands on with everything because that's the very reason i wanted to know like do you meet people in yeah. person because there is nothing like it wherein you know you know who's actually behind the magic that they are actually doing yes. for you and having this relationship with them it only makes things better and also i think it makes 
them excited to yeah. deliver things yes. while you know uh, you are requiring them to be at their full potential one last question if i can ask you is like if you can maybe there is an entrepreneur sitting in an office doing a corporate job but knows that he or she has something that you know mm. they want to do what is that one thing that you would want to tell them today that they can do to you know begin something of their own or begin their journey have that vision and and just do it it's it's as simple as that <laughs> very it's true actually it's as simple as that and it's as complicated as that yeah. because it's simple because you you got to start yeah. you just got to start get your laptop during lunch if you i mean no one takes an hour to eat yeah. right if you've got lunch break going on instead of eating for an hour eat for 10 15 20 minutes the rest of the 40 minutes sit on your laptop work on your business plan uh work on what you're going to do next uh go to networking events so instead of meeting your friends four days a week yeah. uh meet your friends two days a week two days a week go for on go for networking events yeah. uh make new contacts try to find people if you have an idea perfect develop it if you don't have an idea dig keep digging your interests your hobbies your passions uh what you are really like something that you see that bothers you and you want to do something about it go go for it just just do that you know so i mean it sounds very vague but yeah i mean you just got to start yeah so amazing like i'm so happy that we made this happen today and you actually spoke about your most precious sash yeah. and i know there is only crazy things coming your way because you being you you're going to make things happen that's without a doubt but i'm so happy that you actually came out of the podcast and decided to pour your heart out wherein you know uh, it means a lot to new entrepreneurs to see how entrepreneurs do things yeah. and what are their everyday is like so thank you so much for that no thank you and for having me again and the questions were crisp they were perfect <laughs> and i i just had a very good time talking about it so thank you thank you <laughs> thanks mm <laughs>